0: Testing, testing. That sounds good. You ready, twin? Ready. Okay, so we're pre-recording this one, but I'm actually scheduling it to go live on Tuesday next week, so you're hearing us from the past. <laughs> Hello, what's it like over there? <laughs> we're in Disney World right now. <laughs> having fun. Okay, <laughs> okay, so we just filmed the last podcast, which was great, on reframing and what was that? Sales. 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 Sales with Corey. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah, Corey's golf. new segment. Okay, great. <laughs> we scrapped that one in <laughs> two seconds since we're re-recording. <laughs> um, but this, so this week is next week, but it just kind of go through, tell me what the group, if the group had a mission statement, what would it be? A mission statement for sugar cookie marketing group is to take people from just being bakers, making nothing to actual businesses, making money, growing and becoming su- successful bakeries. I feel like that's everyone's goal. Mostly. Right. If you're not, you're crazy to just put in all this work. But the goal of what we talk about in the group is really just putting a strategy behind the things we do. Mm-hmm. Um, never would I ever recommend for somebody to just do something because somebody else is doing it. Nor would I ever recommend just listening to us and putting it into practice without asking if – Corey is wrong and Heather's always right. Why would that <laughs> Why be? Is it? But the thing is to really just be intentional. And I know I say that a lot in the pack, podcast. The podcast. <laughs> the podcast. Be intentional because you want to make sure that your step forward is sure-footed. Because a lot of times we think movement is good. But But a lot of that movement is from side to side, backwards, repetitive, Um, good movement, forward movement is good. Mm -hmm. And that comes because you made the plan, you weighed your options, and this was the best step forward. Mm -hmm. So let me run you through what this podcast will consist of. Pied case. The pied case. (laughs) (laughs) not it. This will consist of just a few parts. We have the Marketing minutes is first, and it's usually something dealing with marketing, how to move your business using marketing. Then we have the business with baking, and that's usually takes off the marketing hat, puts on the business hat, more theory, something for you to munch on as we go. Then we have voicemails, which is our favorite part because we get to hear from you. Then we have group stuff, if we have group stuff. And then lastly, we have twintress and lastly, lastly, sponsors. Okay, great. I like it. So in the marketing minutes... I want to talk about something that is really cool to me because we see it so often, but we don't realize it is happening. It's called no, anchor pricing. Have you heard of it? Yes, you have. Because we <laughs> talk about it all the time. <laughs> but the concept of anchor pricing is this. Corey, mm. I'm selling these AirPods next to me. Okay. I was going to sell them for 125 but for you, 100 What a steal. I'm making 25 bucks on this. Do you know how much AirPods go for now? not a clue how much do you think mine would go for 100 for you because you think you got a deal because you just you anchored yourself to 125 now if i said hey Corey, the airpods that i have sell for 250 right now but for you they're 100 oh that's a steal right right now if i said to the next guy okay airpods usually go for 250 but for you 150 They're still going to think it's a steal Mm -hmm. because we've anchored ourselves to the first price. So it's often the, it's not often, it is the sole reason why you'll see something with a price that's crossed out. And then you'll see a lower price because you don't know what the price was until you saw the first price. Then you said, oh, that's what the going rate for that thing is. Then you saw the slash through it and you saw a smaller number. So it appears to you that you're getting a deal because it was this price. But for me right now, slash through, it's a cheaper price. For anyone who does, don't get it wrong. Heather did sell me her Bose headphones uh-huh. and she did the same thing. On Here's what's <laughs> so funny. So I had a friend who had 50% off at Bose because they work there. So the Bose headphones were an ungodly 400. I got them for 200. Turned around and said, Corey, if you went to the store right now and bought these, hardly used, I really use them three times amazing Bose headphones, they'd be $400. But for you, I'll give them to you for $175. Only because you knew that I paid $200. Otherwise, I would have said $200. (laughs) But the concept being is Corey anchored her price would be anchored to the Bose store. $400. Right. $200 is, wow, they are 50% off. I say... $200, and it's limited. And if you don't want to buy them, I'm going to list them on Facebook Marketplace. She she used that last one, guys. So I bought it, and I've worn it once. And she has. I'm about to buy it back for $150. Um, But that's two things. So we did
1: uh, a limited time offer? Yeah,
0: urgency, uh, urgency. and then I did anchoring. And it was scarcity because she only had one. I only had one. So, Corey, you – and you bought it from me. I did, and I didn't want headphones before that day. I obviously don't use them after the day. But Corey's big thing is getting sales. You know, I am a a deal getter. So if you can give me a comparison price, it doesn't matter if it's it's truly a deal. Corey just wants to feel like she got a deal. So a lot of times in business, we're like, well, I'm gonna cut him a deal. They don't want you to lose money. They just want to feel like they got money extra that they didn't have to spend. For I wanted to bring this up. I was at Hobby Lobby because that's where I go to. Ho oh, Baby, Little Baby. <laughs> Someone called it Ho oh, Baby, Little baby. <laughs> No, that's all we call it. Um, but I was at Ho oh, Baby, Little Baby. <laughs> and uh, on their furniture displays as you're walking in, it says, as always, 30% off. <laughs> so it's always 30% but off. But people are like, oh, my goodness, I got to get it. It's 30% off. No. It's always 30% off. As and always. I swear, ho oh baby, little baby, it's not losing. I guarantee money you, even on clearance, I think some people think clearance means we just have to free the floor space. No, no, they could turn around and sell it to a Ross if they wanted yeah. to. Clearance means that we need you to pay us money <laughs> to move this out of the building. <laughs> yeah. But they're not going to lose money. You would be so just taken aback by the upcharge on a simple shirt you'd find at Walmart. How much it costs them versus how much it's costing you. Mm-hmm. And it's so the psychological mind uh, hoops we have to jump through to... So, if I could go get a shirt at Walmart for five bucks, mm-hmm. but then I turn around, and go to, let's say I like White House Black Market. Mm-hmm. it's a local, but their jacket is two hundred and fifty, which is insane. But in my mind, Instead of saying why are you guys overcharging on jackets? I'm like, Well, it must be nicer. It must be sourced better. It must be a better material. It will last longer. And now White House Black Market loves to sell a coupon in the mail that if you spend a hundred you get like twenty five off. Mm-hmm. Heather's a sure made deal. Well, yeah, because I already fell in love with a hundred and now anchored to two fifty, I'm about to say about a, bunch, bang, of, a bunch of money. She's got a jacket. <laughs> and I know it almost feels evil selling sometimes because we're like, how can we take the money from their pockets willingly? But hold them up at gunpoint but they don't realize there's a gun at their heads and then they spend it but that is just it's how everything is sold yeah and the thing is i if i can leave a a sale and you can as a business owner leave a sale when we're both happy Mm. then we both have one right there's no thievery there's just better marketing strategies Mm -hmm. and Price anchoring is one of those, and I will have to say, back when I sold cars, I know I talked. I about was that just going to say MSRP. Oh, oh. Yeah, you have that, and they always put the MSRP on there of what the car would sell for. MSRP is manufacturers 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 suggested retail price. That number means nothing other than a sales tactic is headed your it way. It is a price point. So when you walk to that Beamer on the lot, I can say I can do you one better. I can give you a discount based off the manufacturer's suggested retail price. That price does not actually exist. But it gives. it's Why would they stick it to every single car? Why would they show their hand mm-hmm. on the production cost of every car? They want to lose money on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, come they're home. donating for the I can just absolutely guarantee you that a dealership is not going to lose money, no matter if you go home and you know, like, if you like, spend 13 hours arguing with them, they're still gonna. They might may not make, just make as a killing. Much money, but <laughs> they they're not make losing money. money. Yeah, nobody, nobody who's truly a good business person will ever, ever. Ever lose money, and you know why? Because the ones that do are out of business. <laughs> oh, great point, great point. So when you go, so when you go to get a car, right? So not a lot of us are in the car buying market, uh, and maybe every they five to 10 love years. that about right. people is you only buy them once, maybe every ten years. So and then you look at that big, big window sticker, and it has every option the car has on it and the price associated with the yeah. option. Then at the end, this big old circle saying, "Here's what it worth." You saw all the numbers, we added together. Mm-hmm. Here's the MSRP, and then the sales guy says, "Yeah, but we're running a special right now. I mean, any other day it's thirty four thousand yeah. nine hundred seventy two. You see on the sticker here, but if you buy it now with your trade in, with this, with this, but mean, it's Memorial Day weekend sale. So I can't, I can't extend it. Yeah. Um, I can give you five thousand dollars off the sticker." The sticker is merely an anchor. It is. Nobody, nobody, nobody who should be buying a car is going to walk in and pay sticker. If they do, I guarantee you that the sales team is surprised. I would say that there would be a party after that sale we in got the break <laughs> <laughs> So the thing is, when you go into the dealership, it's not like the dealership is like, hey, we're so, we're just so honest that we want to show you what we should be charging you, but we'll take, we'll take an L here and... We're going to give you, we're going to take a loss on this one for you. No dealership. No. Every dealership knows that when you walk in, someone's going to try to haggle the price. Absolutely. And if if you don't, oh my (laughs) gosh, add something to some snake oil to sell you. (laughs) Um, But at that price haggling, it's expected. That's why they post the price there. So you can haggle from that price on downward. And they're not going to price it to the point where if it went a dollar lower, they would be losing money. Uh -uh. That's just, it's not how it works. It's not how any of this... Yeah, it's not it's not, how, it's not how this works. It's not how any of this works. That's honestly my favorite commercial. <laughs> right. <laughs> so MSRP is a price anchor to get us to fall in love with a price that doesn't actually truly exist. But we as a consumer are conditioned to see a price, to see a number, to see a discounted number and feel like that is savings. However, it is not. If you went to the dealership and you took a Sharpie over every MSRP number, mm-hmm. that would be the best thing you could psychologically do to truly wheel and deal about that car. But with the wheeling and dealing, you're saying car max, no haggle pricing. Are they losing money? They are not losing money. They are factoring in every hand that touches that vehicle. Plus what they need to make as a business is factored in that car while also giving you a fair price. So right. they're taking into account your deal that you want to get, plus their money that they have to make and giving you a price that's no haggle right out the door. This is what you're going to pay. I guess that what? that's not unfair to you. If you want to make the most on a car private sale because you're wearing all the hats so you get, you all, get all the, the commission <laughs> you get all the work you wash right. the car you clean the car you photograph the car you will will dild you took somebody out you're wearing so many hats so you get more profit now carmax is taking off a lot of that stress on you and because there's no haggle pricing they're guaranteed their profit. Yes. Now with a dealership who has that margin of wheeling and dealing, their price priced so over CarMax. So you can almost end up at the CarMax price and still be happy at the end of the day. Yeah, there are people who prefer to wheel and deal, and they feel like that gets them a deal because they fought for it. And there's people who prefer not to, who just right. say, hey, you make your cut, I'll make mine. In the end, even a private sale, we all make our cut. I think what's hilarious is when people are like, I literally stole this car from the dealership. No. They lost money on it. I guarantee you the finance guy in the back of the dealership laughed all the way to the bank regardless. Absolutely. One time someone asked me, I said, the, the car cannot go cheaper than this. And he said, what if I offered $1 less? Didn't you work at Carmax? Yeah. He said, no, oh, here's a dollar. <laughs> Please buy it. But it's just saying that the dealership is not going to lose if the dealership lost on every car the dealership would no longer be with us it would be out of business and the dealership isn't getting one over on you if you walked in and didn't haggle yes one would be getting over on you because you are they're they're priced for you to haggle right in a in a true dealership Mm -hmm. um But just because the dealership made its cut doesn't mean that it, you know, stole from you. Everyone needs to make a profit. At a dealership, though, how much profit are they going to make is up to you. Exactly. And, you know, the sales guy knows how much commission is on each car that he's going to sell. (laughs) They know how much the dealership needs to make. So if the sales guy wants to come off a little bit of his own commission to make the sale, he can do that. Um, No one's going to lose money at the end of the day. Right. Uh, Our cousin wanted a truck. So, like, it was COVID week, too. Mm. And they said that like cars were sitting on the lots, just you know, whatever cars do on the lots, <laughs> rotting away. Yeah, <laughs> and I called the dealership for him, and we offered this ungodly price. It was so low, it was almost offensive. Like the guy laughed, and I was like, dude "Yeah, and yeah. I just got to shoot your shot, right?" <laughs> but he never called back because at that point, there's no profit for them. Yeah. There's no incentive for them to work with you. Me. Are not there? I was too far off man. of their thing, and yeah, you know what? Guess what? I stole the car. No, just kidding. Uh, J- Jason went back and bought a car for much more applicable. Did the wheeling and dealing, and everyone got their piece of the pie. Right. So bring that back to baking for us. That's a great one. I shouldn't have drawn that back to bacon, right? That's okay. <laughs> Anyways, that's why you should got a car today. Um, in the group last night, actually, a lady had a great question. She said, "Hey, somebody wanted to place an order for blank cookies. Which are, if you're new to blank cookies, like I am, it's just the cookie with white icing." Yeah. Just as basically trying to get icing into your face by way right. of a She question. just didn't want to say it out loud. She wanted to use the cookie as a chip and the icing as salsa and get it in my mouth. <laughs> Get it in my face. Um, so the lady said, yeah, I actually don't want any design. If it was a circle, that would be fine. I am um, just hungry and I like the taste. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay, that's awesome. But it does save um, the baker OP. It saved her original poster. It saved her time and effort. So she said, I feel like I should do half off. Oof, her husband said, but what would the twins say? So I said, what did the husband think that the twins would say? Because I didn't <laughs> want to show my hand if we didn't agree. <laughs> um, the husband said that she shouldn't do half off. She should only discount it marginally. And I got to agree with that. So here's what I told her. She priced at 45 a dozen. I'd say, tell your girl, hey, oh my goodness, you're the first person who just ordered my cookies because they love the taste. I absolutely love that. It is so fun. But you know what? You do save me a little bit of time. So I, I can I can knock off the price down to forty, but in the added benefit, because it saves me so much time, you get the freshest cookie. So it'll be even better than you've ever thought it could be. I see what you did there. Right. We had it, we won, we made her feel unique and special, which is great. Everyone likes that. She's you know? like, uh, aren't your cookies crappy if you're the only person that's ever <laughs> ordered just <this? laughs> Yeah. I don't think a lot of people know that they could do that. I don't think a lot of people market like buy my blanks. I want to be buy my blanks. <laughs> I don't want to design them up. Yeah. <laughs> so instead of coming in at fifty percent off. Because we're trying to cut our deal. No, No, we're still a business. And she, you know, the girl asked, I don't even know that the girl asked, she just asked for a price. Oh, that's but we're anchoring it to well my dozen's usually 45 but because you're you know going easy we can do it for 40 absolutely is is op still making a huge margin even in saving time yeah she's making margin just on the fact that she doesn't have to account for so much time yeah there's no back and forth on talking about design there's no design there's no mixing a ton there's of no items. custom cutters this is the best sale op could make but sh- that doesn't mean that she should come in at a f- the same percent margin of a custom doesn't right it? i agree right so i said and then we added value back in saying hey it's it's also really fresh. Yeah. And that's still saying, hey, you're still getting more for less. Like a win, win, win. Win. Win, 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 win. <laughs> a lot of wins. So that's my thing on price anchoring. If you walk into a place and you see a price and you see it slash through, that's typically them price anchoring. And, it, and we're conditioned to it. We can't help it. It will work on me 100% of the time. 100% of the time. 100% off. We're 50% off 100% of the time. <laughs> it's it's encore, lot, yeah. You know. Um, but I would like to challenge people if we're doing these challenges at the end is every everywhere you go today, if you can look to see where people are price anchoring you. I think you'll become more aware of it mm-hmm. and you can see it and you can be like, ah, yeah, see what they're doing there. I see the strategy behind it. Kind and ask yourself why you're buying it. You know, am I buying it because I wanted it before I saw the price anchor or am I buying it because of the price anchor? I'm buying it because of the price anchor. Give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be me. One thousand Yeah, and price anchoring isn't bad. It's a strategy. But the price anchoring, you know, I know we Corey in the group people say you the twins don't like discounting. I actually love discounting, but you have to have such a high profit margin to be able to start discounting. Yeah, you can't lose. You cannot be losing money as a business. Didn't you go to Hobby Lobby? I went to what is the name we saw? Whole baby lobby. Whole baby baby. (laughs) lobby. What does TikTok call it? Whole baby lobby. And I can't not see that. (laughs) So now that's all my thing. We call it. So I did go to Whole baby baby. (laughs) lobby. The other day, and on their furniture, it's got uh, their normal sticker, and then there's this yellow sticker on it, and it's like slashed out normal sticker, and the yellow sh- sticker says, "As always, thirty percent off." That's so funny, but we can't not see the uh, the thirty percent off. We cannot help but say, "Hey." So, do you think Ho oh Baby Low Baby is losing money Absolutely on the furniture? Not. I but mean, thirty percent off, Court. It must be thirty percent off their cost of production. You, I don't even need a kitchen table, but you should have been there when my that, mind trying was like, trying. To- well, I feel like I could put this under the kitchen table I already have, <laughs> but I I saw that and it really did. I was like, this I could get that, but no, Court. It's always, it even says, as always, 30% right. off. They didn't have urgency. They, like, reassured <laughs> you. Like, we are always here, baby girl. 30% off. ho oh, baby, low baby. So, I mean, that was great anchor pricing, plus a discount. You feel like you were getting a sale, but they're, like, literally, if they just priced it 30% lower, they probably wouldn't be What if be they moved. priced it 30% lower, but didn't tell you that? They, All it was it was a not, less a price. It would not move furniture as they fast anchor as it. they do. Yeah. Right. So, but is ho baby, low baby losing money? Oh, baby, little not losing a dime. No. hope oh, baby, little baby is still making a profit on a discount. People see clearance. Can I just say, I think you're trying to say it as many times in oh, a Oh, baby, show. little baby. <laughs> you said it five times in four seconds. <laughs> oh, baby, baby, <laughs> they're not losing on clearance. Clearance isn't – clearance is essentially like, hey, we're still making a profit here, but now we don't want to move it out the store. Can you move it into your car <laughs> Can you help us? for 70%? All right. They're still not making – if we knew how much – a t-shirt at Walmart actually cost to make versus what they sell it for, our minds would explode. Mm It just would. So they're never losing money. And that is fair because we don't want to lose money. So neither should any of these stores. But you just need to conscientiously understand that hey, this may be discounted for me today. Tomorrow it could be 30% higher. Not at Ho Baby Low Bay where it's always, (laughs) as always. But in another store it could be higher. However there's they're using Sales tactics on me. So, am I purchasing this because I wanted it or because I feel that the sense of urgency that you're using scarcity? Do I feel like this is the only left, limited supply? Is that what I'm responding to? And then make your decision appropriately. And from that decision, see what works on you, think about the things that work Mm -hmm. on you, and then apply it to your own business. Right. So, and then say, what works on me is if that works on your ideal client, you're going to find clients like you. Um, cause there's some clients like Corey, you love a deal. Mm. Give it to him. And then our older sister loves spending the most money possible for any object. <laughs> Give it to her. You know, she feels like. <laughs> she feels like there's value with in a higher money. price point. Right. So she will not buy a knockoff. Uh, it's crazy. You know, iPads come, you have to buy the cover, like the screen protector. Yes. Um, it's called, so there's a brand called Paperweight or Paperlike or something like that. And it feels like paper. However, Amazon sells a knockoff. Um, Ashley. And I were talking about. It. I was like, "Oh yeah, did you get it from Amazon?" She's like, "Well, I mean, I mean, like, do the, the, I mean, the real guys they have this like texture and the reason why it sticks." And I was like, "Oh yeah, wow, yeah, that's just two different types of people." So if I wanted to sell to Ashley's, I need to understand the way the Ashley brain works, the value in pricing. Mm-hmm. The value and more expensive pricing. And if I want to get a bunch of Corys, I'm going to say, as always, 30% off on a price that's probably not 30% off or whatever okay. MSR, MSRP is. And you could actually honestly be charging, both Ashley and I, $55 a dozen. How you sell it to them. So I'd sell it to Cory If I want to sell you 55 a dozen, I would say, hey, it was 75 a dozen. Oh, girls. Yes. Limited two spots left. Oh my, oh my goodness, make me number one. Right. And to Ashley, I would say, what was the price? 55 a dozen? Mm -hmm. I'd say 55 a dozen custom ingredients sourced locally, um, made, and baked with love and affection. A perfect gift for your mom. Make something unique. Give her something that makes her cry. You make me sound so cheap. <laughs> yeah, well, we're cheap. You and I are cheap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ashley is not cheap. Um, but you see, you, so it's your sales message. How you how you kind of yeah, and you can determine your ideal client and how they want to be spoken to, and then you can uh, create a strategy around that and talk to them in the way they want to be talked to. Yeah, I just want to say a caveat. Corey and I were filming this, and I looked down and it wasn't recording halfway through. So if anything sounds like we repeated we did it, the whole baby, baby thing. I don't know. I don't know if this if this podcast sounds repetitive. That's because it is. We will not have to air it if they have done the same thing three times. <laughs> we really wanted to get some points across multiple times. Anyway, oh, yeah. so I wanted to go in. We actually had an uh, email in, which is rare, mm. but I enjoy them when we do because I can read them on my phone, um, talking about the value in packaging. This email said that, you know, some of her clients, when they show it to door, she'll just put them in an Amazon box. You know, even they're perfectly done cookies. She just puts them in an Amazon box. It's economical. Um, her clients still get the valued cookies. But how much does packaging matter to clients? And my personal opinion, you can run it however you want, is it is not up to my clients to decide that for my business. They're when you have a business, you hopefully have a brand. Um, if you're selling a luxury item, hopefully that brand feels expensive. Um, and that runs from the very first time you see a post about me where someone tags me and you stalk me all the way to where I hand that box to your beautiful hands and you take those cookies from me. So packaging to me is super valuable. Um, it explains my brand. Heather loves Ray-Ban's. Ray-Ban sunglasses. Give me some ray She likes to sit on them and then rebuy the ones she's I've had I've had probably seven Ray-Bans. I think they average between 100 to 150. So you do the math. So tell me what draws you to Ray-Bans. I can say a bunch of lies that make me sound like a better person, but okay. the branding, the branding, yeah. So the branding comes from their fancy commercials, their nice yeah. online ads. The product itself is nice. Tom so. Cruise is my true answer. <laughs> there, there you go. Heather's obsessed with Tom Cruise, if you didn't know. Um, but when they get that case, that case is nice. Which you see, the, yeah, the case is Ray Ban. That color, that leather—like, of course, it's not leather anymore, but like. That branding really makes it nice. So, I have a great example for you on packaging. Ahead, please. Mascaras. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so Corey and I, okay, let's say our, Ashley, sorry, yeah. loves spending money on everything, but really likes high-end mascaras. But here's the thing. The mascara bottles she buys are weighted. Oh, yeah, and they feel They are expensive. weighted, and they're made of, like, aluminum on the outside. So it's when you pick it up, it's cool to the touch. Yeah. there's It's heavy. It's attractive rose color, right? When you bring out the wand, it's just like every other mascara, right? (laughs) But (laughs) on the outside, it's like too pretty for you. Like the branding sounds. If I wear this, my eyes will like blow up in beauty, right? Yeah. But then I go to CoverGirl. At the Target. Uh-huh. And that thing is plastic. It feels like it's so light it could fly away. So in my <laughs> head when I'm holding, like Ashley gifted us the Too right. Faced one, I think. Uh-huh. And I had some CoverGirl one I saw on TikTok. It was supposed to make your eyes beautiful. But I'm holding the TikTok one, the Girl one. It's so light and the branding there has established to you what is cheaper and what it's a feels plastic more tube with like white printing on it. Like if you like take your nail and you go, it like goes away. <laughs> yeah. And then you got the Too Faced one. It's like uh, engraved metal. Okay, neither of them are gonna outlast each other, they're both mascaras. I opened them, like they'll dry up tomorrow. Uh-huh. But that packaging on the Too Faced one. Okay, so the I think the CoverGirl one, if I'm using the right thing, was around seven mm, bucks. Eight, if I'm pushing it. Yeah. That Too Faced one is around thirty-five bucks. Mm. Corey. Mm. Corey, mm-hmm. that's the same product on the inside. It's packaging that makes me... And I cannot break myself from the feeling that the Too Faced one, because it is more expensive, it must be better. So what if the CoverGirl one was priced at $35? Is it still plastic? It's still plastic. I will say that's a rip-off. You would say that's a rip. rip. Yeah. because it the packaging doesn't translate to the branding the packaging i'm really honestly i'm not i don't not a mascara expert right i have no idea like maybe if it feels clumpy that day i (laughs) don't know yeah Um, but what i am is a packaging vibe expert and if it makes me feel fancy i'm going to spend more money on it okay so because we are selling luxury items baked goods are luxury items i don't care what you say you can go and get that break apart Toll House thing at oh, man. Walmart and make your own cookies but if you're paying someone to make them for you you are selling something luxury I feel like your brand has got to translate that and that comes to packaging. Mm-hmm. And the very last thing before you even open the box to see the cookies you are looking at the box I have packaged them in. I want the box I package them in to excite you about your order. It's the first thing you're seeing. It's the last thing that comes from my hands, goes into your hands. I want there to be some sort of excitement there. Like if the box looks that good, just imagine what the That's exactly. Like. It must be better because of the way the packaging looks. And packaging does not have to cost you a lot. There are places where you can buy in bulk. I personally for cookies love a window box so they can kind mm-hmm. of peek in to see what they bought. Right. Um, and they can see that value as the box is in their hands. It in their adds hand to the, the aesthetic. And then I, I put little twine on it. Uh, it adds to twine the aesthetic. Is, for some reason, about twine <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's so cheap. Right. Um, and then I like to include a card. And I got this wax what um, what is those wax stamper things? Mm. You you heat up the wax, you put oh, it, you put oil a stamper thing? on there. That's neat. Yeah, uh, the wax melt. Thing. Yes. And you just oh. make a little the it's a B. That's the brand. That has nothing to do with me or anything like that. But it feels valuable. It feels expensive. It feels that I can charge fifty five dollars a dozen and not be worried about it. It is translates well to my potential customers who paid that price. So I want my brand to be decided by me, I want it to go from the first time we talk to the last thing you see. And what goes in my mind when I box something up is if my client ran out of time before their party, could, could they, they just put my either. box out and not be um, embarrassed? So, you know, like everyone gets the egg salad from the grocery store and then they put it in their own container and, and say, you, I made this. rip off that. <laughs> yeah. Here's a... Here's a great... Here's the thing I'm going to ask you. Okay. Let's pretend I get a box for six cookies that allows there to be a lot of space between the Mm. cookies. But let's pretend I got a smaller box that bunched the cookies together. Which one feels like I got more for less? The smaller box. The smaller box because I don't see that dead space. Dead space means... Hey hun, you could have bought more, but you're cheap, you're cheap. and you didn't. <laughs> so even and then smaller boxes actually are cheaper. So you could do the strategy there. Is yeah. that packaging really does a number on raising your numbers? So then I put shred. Shred if you buy it in the bulk, by the ten pounds, it's fairly inexpensive. So I put the shred. It benefits me because my cookies stay okay longer um, in transport. But to them, they're like, oh my goodness. Before everyone starts like a war, she's she's cellophaning wrapping them. She's not putting it directly on the Shred, put your pitchforks and scribes away. <laughs> oh, my away. goodness. People are like, I am emailing them right now. What was that phone number? 571. <laughs> <5-7-1. laughs> yeah. But I do believe in nice packaging to go along with your branding. If you are charging luxury prices, which if you're listening to this podcast, you should be, mm-hmm. then you need to make sure that your brand translates all the way to your packaging. Absolutely. That's a, what allows Two Face to charge $32 for something that should be probably two bucks with, and then adding, profit it on the top. I if just look at the things in your house and see if packaging is what sold you on it. There's a reason why Lexus puts those big bows on the oh, car. I was just gonna say that mm. they had a if you sold you could elect to put on a bow on the customer's car. But hundred percent of the time if the bow is on the car, they take a picture with the car. Branding. Branding. Yeah. Tagging it's just, mm. just taking this. So instead of discounting the car to get it sold, uh, they added value to the purchase. Right. Big, big. old, big old red bow. Right. And it's g ge- It's just genius. Right. And when we buy a uh, coach bag, we do like the coach brand. Um, It always comes wrapped in this silk bag. Here's the thing. When I got a coach discounted bag, guess what didn't come with oh. the silk bag on the outside? And everyone off. was like, oh, and, I- and then when they said, well, I was like, whoa, of course I kept it because I loved it. And you bought it on a discount knowing, but they saved on cost to yeah, yeah. discount for it. But you. it's funny because I was like, well, the co- I mean, it was so super overpacked as well. So it was really nice, yeah. but it was just funny how we're so conditioned to this high-end experience deserves high-end packaging. I know. So if you want your branding to continue, if you want to be known as that luxury item, I would 100% consider investing in packaging. And it doesn't have to be crazy. There's even eco-friendly ones out there that are very pretty that mm-hmm. I've seen. Um, but check it out. I think clear bags has them you have brp box shop there's a lot of options if you do a yeah, little for footwork bulk. Uh-huh. and if you're like hey i don't have that many orders i don't have that much room for bulk. amazon sells it and i know local bake going shops going to sell. you can go to joanne's and get some yard of um, twine. A tinsel twine whatever and then just save yourself some money there but kind of add that value and keep your prices don't discount your prices because you discounted your packaging Right. I don't let my customers determine that for me um, because at the end of the day, the branding is me. You um, know, I don't think for edible arrangements, you can ask them not to put it in a vase. Like it's not I think like, you can choose a, a worser vase. <laughs> right. But you still get their packaging. Yeah. They just make it smaller, but that's their brand. That's how they get away with charging the ungodly $150 for that bouquet I sent somebody the other day. Yeah. Heather still buys them. I love them. It's great. (laughs) She hates that she loves them. I hate that I even like the way they taste. Um, (laughs) But I definitely think branding is huge to invest into. Um, If your clients are taking pictures of their thing, you want them to be proud of the box that they put it in uh, so they can make it. And if they tag your business by chance and it's still in the box, more kudos to you. There's more value there. Right. I don't see a loss. Uh, yeah. So anyways, that is that. Now we're going to go to voicemails, but I'm actually going to read through texts because okay. we have a little bit of a backlog, which I love. But after this, we won't. So feel free to keep texting. Mm-hmm. Um, A 915 area code. Mm-hmm. Not a clue. She says, thank you for the podcast. It's helped me so much. I was wondering if your business is an LLC. Can you talk about the pros and cons? Also, do you have insurance for your cookie business? Here is the sticky situation about... LLCs and insurance. It's going to be state-specific, mm-hmm. right? And it's going to be your cottage law is going to dictate a lot of stuff. So I can speak from a general thing, and I'm going to speak from you from things that I don't know. At the end of the day, your best bet is going to be contacting a lawyer if you want the LLC paperwork filed correctly and contacting an insurance agent to um, see what's covered. Like flip insurance, right. definitely don't think that just because you have State Farm, State Farm will cover your house with a with a business out of it. And we'll talk about flip insurance in a second. But Corey and I are always working in a pair of two, uh, so <laughs> our L, we always have an LLC because a sole proprietorship is a your single one. person. Um, but a lot of states and you got again it's state specific have a disregarded entity of a single person LLC, which is still taxed like a sole proprietorship because you're just one person. Mm. So if you're asking, Corey and I are LLCs because we will always be LLCs because we are two people. Because we're attached at the hip. We do not live together, so I don't think we do. But as far as insurance, is insurance required? odds are in your state no i don't think it's required here would i love insurance Uh, heather will insure i'm overinsured, man somebody run into me and get your payout buddy heather also has a life insurance policy out uh on herself so if you'd like to offer so i could get (laughs) my take that'd be great yeah so as far as insurance um some somebody posted in the group the other day hey i asked state farm if they if they make sure that they understand that i'm operating a cottage bakery out of my house and uh-huh. they said absolutely we will not cover that yeah and if that bakery causes your house to burn down you will not be covered and if somebody is hurt or leaving that house from, from picking up your cookies yeah so the option brooke mills is in the group she writes great posts on and insurance. she's and i think she's, an, she's agent. an agent yeah right so she has if you honestly just searched her name and read through that it's going to blow your mind um, but they recommend flip insurance mm-hmm. or, uh, find a, an independent agency who can shop around to see if they can find you an option. Right. Um, independent agents are different than captive agents. A captive agent can only give you state farm. An independent agent can represent up to 13 to 15 companies and say, Hey, they definitely said no, but this company said yes. Yeah. Heather loves her an independent agent. <laughs> I have an independent agent and I call <laughs> him by his first name. Um, so yeah, again with the LLC thing, um, Someone Talk with a lawyer. a little bit random, and I know this doesn't have to do, did bring up a good point. They had put their business name on the side of their car, but a lot of insurance companies will not cover you if they find out that you were using your car as the a business, business and you did not declare no, it to them. So definitely it would behoove every one of us to not... Just do a little footwork. It's these agents. This is their job. A lot of them are free to ask questions with. And they want to make you happy. They want you to continue to be clients. And they honestly want you covered so that you don't end up not being a client. Yeah. So sticking before you buy the giant magnet from Vistaprint, (laughs) just maybe check in with your auto insurance provider and see if that's something that you can find a workaround. Again, Brooke Mills wasn't like, you idiot. She was like, ask them. Um, and if if it's better to switch your car for business use, do that. Right, you know. See if they're doing it. Ask questions. It's not. No one's getting in trouble. Yeah. But you're, what we have learned, me and Heather, is you know investing in a lawyer, investing in a in an accountant um, to help you set up these to navigate it, so you're not having to switch them around when you're in because you filed wrong. Right. Um, is worth the cost. I. My We're CPA- saying charge are worth these, you know, investing back in they your business. They are worth it. <laughs> this is what profit you take from your profit and invest it back in your business a certain percentage. Um, Every time our CPA sends us the I bill. her emails. <laughs> Every time she sends us the bill, we happily pay it because she saves us so much. Uh, I don't know. Just stress. The, yeah, I don't know. Everything behind it, I hate. <laughs> I hate everything. I hate everything that deals with that part. That. Um, okay, here is... Here is one. I'm just going to read it. Actually, I haven't read it ahead of time, so you ready, Freddie? Yeah. (laughs) Hey, ladies. I'm a cottage baker and a full-time teacher. Thanks for the wonderful tips in the group. I am actually too booked to manage my my schedule. Um, Can you talk about how to take a step back in the marketing realm while still maintaining current clients and their needs? We have no idea. We only market. (laughs) (laughs) This is not what the group is about. Sugar cookie, not marketing. (laughs) Um, No, um, Heather, I know you have an idea. There's, again, a couple strategies about curtailing orders, right? Uh Uh-huh. So... Raising prices. Some people are like, I'm at the top of my price. price. I've already raised it four times this month. If you... Here's, here's what Corinne and I say. If you have... If you're booked, you need to... you Raising your prices is a strategy to curtail demand. Mm-hmm. Right? So... I would always say profit-driven first. If I want to slow down orders, I'm going to add an extra $10. And I wouldn't necessarily post that everywhere. No. Um, I would just, if someone Guys, emailed Guys, I'm me, so successful. You'll be paying me <laughs> <price. laughs> If someone emailed in and be like, hey, yeah, absolutely. It's going to be $65 a dozen. If they're like, oh, that was more than it was. Hey, yeah. Cost- I'd honestly, and I know this sounds like a fib, even though it isn't. It's contorting the truth, which also sounds like a lie. Um, like but uh, cost of ingredients have risen. Um, oh, for the production sure, line. Right. <laughs> so you would say, hey, let's let some immovable object be the fall guy. Uh, hey, yeah, I know the prices have increased. So has the cost of ingredients. And unfortunately, if I want to continue running this business, I got it. But hey, if this doesn't work for you, knows what, you know. Right. Because Hopefully you honestly are yeah. booked, anyways. Yeah. Um, so raising your prices does curtail. And then when someone says, yeah, I'm willing to pay the $65 a dozen, it's worth You're now your making time. more. Yeah. How would you slow down an order if you were too booked? um put an ant in a cookie (laughs) (laughs) there's a couple podcasts ago there was a ant that may have been planted or may died a very terrible death we do not know but (laughs) um if i wanted to i i always raise my prices is how i do it so it's still a marketing focused approach it is and i'm willing if someone's willing to pay me more i'm willing to do it more um so if you wanted to you can say hey we're a lot of people say, hey, we're booked up for August. Right. And that's fine. But add in that, but, hey, I'm taking orders for July. Yes. Or so I'm sorry, September. Heather's week. like, we're <laughs> taking, orders I'm taking orders for January last year. <laughs> um, but the concept is, yeah, so you could say, hey, I'm booked. But I'm now accepting orders for August and upcoming holidays. In August is Return to Teachers Day, blah 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 <laughs> day. To That's someone who gets getting really kids. hot outside <laughs> day. Cicadas <laughs> finally died day. But give them the idea to plan plan ahead. Yes. You know, and let them so place your order today because my calendar and I love saying this. My calendar fills up about four weeks in advance. Having that yeah. little disclaimer puts in that sense of urgency for people, but it allows you to really maintain the flow of orders. Yeah, and then you have your funnel built, you have your client base built for months, two months, three months out. That'd be ideal. So being too, too booked just means your strategy shifts to being too far booked out. Yes, you know. And then once you reach that problem, then boo and you and you raise your prices. Then I think you're gonna have to come and join us here and start telling us how you did it. <laughs> so. I do want to actually talk about that last part. Okay. Um, a lot of people are like, oh my goodness, I've raised my prices. I'm a million dollars per dozen and I'm booked out till 2025. <laughs> I will be buying an island, so I need to let them know. Here's the thing. You are... You are marketing and sales were successful. It is now time to grow your business and to hire somebody on. (laughs) Absolutely, But no, it's my touch. I'm sorry, honey. You're growing. They want you. You're going to have to bring people on. You did too good. Yeah. (laughs) But this is the thing. So your next step is either hiring help or looking at that storefront. Yeah. And that's honestly the goal. It's scary. It's a scary goal. People usually who are in business by themselves like to have their hands in everything. But if you... You are at that point of growth where then you're going to have to turn away people and they're going to find a new cookie person. Or you bring somebody on, you pay them fairly, you've priced fairly. And it's your your intermediate step into that storefront bakery. Yeah. And someone's like, no, I need to be making the cookies. Then hire you a social media person. There you go. Yeah, that's exactly it. At some point, if you have too many orders, too much profit... (laughs) Too many islands, <laughs> you know, start looking about. And the way I kind of do it, I look at my business, kind of our day job, and I say, hey, where am I dropping the ball? Mm. Like, what's what's something, if I paid somebody else to do it, it would make my life better? Well, from the bill we got, it was definitely content creation because it I got was. charged to an <laughs> Yeah, and I said, you know, I don't want, I, could I write my own copy? Absolutely. Do I want to write my copy? No. Do I have the margin so that I can hire somebody else to do it? Yes, his turnaround times are faster, better, stronger, whatever you want to mm-hmm. say. So that was worth it to me to hire him for that. Mm-hmm. My heart still hurts about you that. You found him, so I don't know why you introduced us. Because yeah, he got me with that. Uh... Me and Evan are a match made in the lazy <laughs> Evan. <laughs> All right, so that was a great one, too. We have one more. Okay, let me see. Scrolling around here. Hi, twins. What heat sealer works best? A link would be great. I know how much you love these questions. Uh, Now for my my actual question. I've been asking for reviews for Google page, and I'm getting them in. I've been responding to them all, but should I also go respond to five-star reviews with no write-up? I know you talked about responding to low-star reviews even without a write-up, but I'm not sure if I should for a good review. Thanks. I love this question. Mm, I'll let you take it. Okay. So when queso. (laughs) Oh baby, baby. <laughs> so when you get a review i would say 100 percent of them should be responded to five star so what she's saying is there's the ability to just leave five stars with no writing so we call it a rating yes, yes. a five-star rating uh-huh. um the five-star review would be the rating with the copy the the text under it and then the you know one-star reviews with the curse words would be the other <laughs> yeah. the other side um When you get a five-star rating, here's like my go-to copy because we do work with a bunch of clients and I do have to reply to these a lot. Mm -hmm. Hey, Marcus... Thank you so much for that rating. It is so great to know that we're doing our job well. We appreciate your patronage. Please come by anytime. We have some new specials going on. Looking forward to seeing you. Yeah, absolutely. So what you're just telling people is you are attentive to every single person, the good reviews, the bad reviews, the wordless reviews, that you are making sure everyone is taken care of. Like this business owner yeah, is there. Again, it's still written, not for the guy. who Yeah, I'm sure the guy who left you the five-star rating is like, great. Um, but this is written for the people in the future and Mm -hmm. what I see when I see every review responded to and not just a copy and paste Mm -hmm. like something unique Mm -hmm. um, it really says to me like this person cares here's the wild card let's talk about SEO a bit Mm, reviews, Wait, you know, everyone just glossed over mm. <laughs> in reviews. There's more to reviews than just the star rating. That's the ideal part. But now reviews are actually factored into ranking your Google, my business page. Right. So I love to tell clients, yeah, if you just give me a little write up about what you ordered and how you liked it, that would be great. Cause the odds are they're going to use sugar cookies. And then when someone says Google's sugar cookies near me, Google is going to pull in that review and says, review mentions sugar cookies. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. So even in my replies, I don't know that replies actually have any effect on um, ranking, but I'm not Mm going to say they don't, Mm -hmm. right? It's just not pulling in keywords. But I would say, hey, we have a bunch of specials on our sugar cookies, or we have, you know, we're trying some new flavors with our sugar cookies. Mm -hmm. I would include that at any chance I got. And if anything, it matches your reviews back up to your uh, description. Right. So... Bada bing, bada boom. Bada bing, bada five star. Okay, everyone, you can tune back in. She's done with the SEO. Is your kid asleep? You're welcome. (laughs) And Lunesta for your ears. All right. So if you would like to call in or text in, we swear we will not respond. Um, It is 571 556 5644. Um, We love any comments. You want to just tell Corey she's your favorite. Heather needs to step her game up. Absolutely send those in. Um, Again, That's 571-556-5644. Okay, that's great. So group stuff, since we just filmed this two seconds ago, nothing's changed. But we are working on a packaging live. That would be wonderful to segue from your packaging uh, live. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, again, you know what? Call to action here. The people who have done group lives are people in the group. They're not experts it's, that we've sourced no, from other it's people. F- Honestly, people who've been there and, and had that. some success with yeah. it. And all they really cover is what they've learned, what they wish they knew, and how they did it. Yeah. So if you have some concept from packaging to, hey, I love the pop-ups. It would it, it, There can never be enough pop-up lives, right? If you want to do pop-ups, pre-sales. If you know, we have the packaging one. What are some other things we would love for people to volunteer? Farmers markets are a big one, which would be awesome. That's a great one, yeah, especially because I would love somebody to do weddings. Um, how they got into weddings, how they got wedding clientele. I know that's Yeah, I'd love a corporate, somebody who does mostly corporate orders. That would be great to understand how and what and how they manage. And even if you've seen a live that's been done, I, it, you, if you know the algorithms, you know, no one's saying it. So here's the thing Christy did a live on pop ups. It was really good. Yeah. But then Gina said, Well, I am actually do and live in a completely different area and have no social media following. Can I do one on how to do it with no social media And following? she had one for gluten free. And then Wheezy, what was the nickname you gave her? Oh, uh, word of mouth Wheezy. Oh, it was Word of mouth Wheezy. Gina yeah. did it. <laughs> wrong. Uh, yeah, Word of mouth Wheezy was that nobody knows me. Yeah. Gina was, was like, I have a specialty in and and education. And then, uh, so everyone was like, Okay, but I live in rural. And Jess Clapper was like, I got you. I live in a rural area and I'm going to show you how to sell yeah, out. So, so if your perspective is unique, and if you've done one for the first time, honestly, I would love someone who did one for the first time because you have the perspective of someone, hey, I tried this. This was a flop. This was amazing. I sold out on these. These yeah, things Yeah, so give well. me your war stories. It's something we can all learn from, yeah. like, if we're timid about it. And um, cool tools. Like, it's some... I know that we talk about marketing questions, but that doesn't mean that the lives have to be on marketing. Heather did one about Meet Edgar. Yeah, so I do one on software. Uh, Elizabeth did one on the Eddie printer. That's You I, did the Popple, too. <laughs> I did the Popple. So, you know, things, software that you use. And dare I say, if you wanted to teach us, Corey, how to use the dehydrator and talk about your weird lining things. It's just something to show people how to be more efficient to save that time. Unfortunately, that means I have to take a shower. Oh, man. That'll <laughs> yeah, it never takes happen. Some <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you'd like to volunteer to do a Facebook Live, that'd be awesome. We can usually space it a month out from when you raise your hand so you can start sweating long term. Yeah. Just message the sugar cookie marketing page. And or you can send an email to hello at sugarcookiemarketing.com. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. I knew Courtney did one on how to post to Instagram. Yeah, anything really that you've seen that's a strategy that works. Like? It, Susan did one on how to film Instagram decorating videos. Yeah, and reels and everything yeah. like that was amazing. And she told you all the goodies she bought off Amazon, her links, everything mm-hmm. like that. They've how all, knows? yeah, everyone's provided so much value. I you know. Okay, so that is for upcoming lives. Hopefully, we'll be able to put you on the list. Past lives, we did uh, nailing commercial orders with the Eddie printer from Elizabeth. She did fantastic. Vanessa covered logo best practices and branding best practices. Everyone's like, what should be my name? And she's like, that's not what I do, <laughs> she, but <laughs> you can weigh in, in on it. Um, that was a great one. Courtney did the Instagram live, and, I mean, we've had so many great ones. I loved uh, the Jennifer Grow did on uh, email marketing. You didn't love mine about classes? Yours is good. I did it with you. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> liked mine on meat Edgar at all. <laughs> Papa who? Then we did one on the Eddie printer printing on shapes. Oh, yeah. That was fun. With saturated images. Yeah. yeah so it's just a great way to help the community back out. Yeah. If you feel like you want to give, if you've gotten something from the group and you feel like you want to give back, we'd That's really appreciate it. That's a great way to it. do it. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. unfortunately, I did not plan out my twin interest. What is your interest? Crappioli. We just filmed this two seconds ago. I don't know. <laughs> oh, baby, little <low>, baby. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, if I would say my interest is, I'm really interested in Cookie Con, which by the time they're listening to this, it's the week after. So I'm not sure so, if tickets are sold out or not. Yeah, I'm sure they uh, are. Yeah, it seems really interesting. I like how uh, Mike and Karen price it at $399, mm. not $400. And he says, yeah, a lot of people tell us this is really expensive. I mean, you're looking at the week and you're looking around two grand between airfare, hotel, food, uh, the ticket itself. Everything and you're about to spend. Apparently, there's a the lot of room. things you can buy there. Uh, so $1,500, $2,000. I mean, we are talking to Eddie prices at this point, mm-hmm. but you're investing back into your business. But you know what? Mike didn't discount the ticket. When people said, this is expensive. What he said is, I've added so much value, it's worth it. Yeah, I mean, they have the room of free decorating. You have your master classes. You have your add classes. You have your electives. You have, like, this like community you leave with your new best friend right so it's pretty amazing that they took the approach that we kind of preach in the group is add more value make more money yes um don't add less value and make less money and don't add more value and make less money which is a lot of people you know yeah um they've added value and they sell out so fast this is our first year attending but what we've heard is that it sells out in the first couple of hours and then people get on this wait list right so could mike raise prices further He absolutely couldn't. He'd probably sell out. Right. Eventually, he'll reach a price point where he won't sell out, but he'll be making so much more profit that he only needs half the people to sell. (laughs) Right. So, in his mind, $400, which is not cheap, but it is fair for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, And they provide a lot of value for my friend. I'm excited to go. Did you come up with your twin twist? I finally did. Okay, go ahead. Okay. So, we did I ever talk about the dehumidifier? Literally in the last podcast. No, that was a dehydrator. You oh, I'm thing. sorry. I don't know what they are. Okay. Dehumidifier <sighs> takes the humidity out of the air. So it literally sucks in the moisture, puts it in the little thing. So if you ever have icing bleeding, we live in the DC area. It's basically a swamp. Um, this would be great, especially for these heated hot days where it's been raining a long time. But dehumidifier, I get it going before I do my cookies. I come in a couple hours later. The room feels dry, like Arizona heat. I can only imagine. So if you were thinking like, oh... Cookie bleeding is literally making my eyes bleed. Maybe a dehumidifier is for you. You can find them on Corey Amazon. has launched a full scale attack on moisture in her house. <laughs> I, went to, I went to cry nothing. Water <laughs> has nothing on Corey. <laughs> nothing She's in my kidneys, <laughs> nothing in the air. <laughs> yeah, she refuses to drink it, refuses to deal with it. Um, so that's a good one. And then back to our sponsors, which everyone knows is Mr. Edward, the three, the <laughs> best boyfriend you've ever had. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Eddie's pretty cool. So, what tips could we give? Here's some things that I've heard people talk about. Uh, well, today we actually we actually printed four dozen, and I put cornstarch on there that because that's supposed to help Completing. with the humidifier. So, Eddie Company Primera sends you some blank cookies mm-hmm. to test on. They were not delicious. I'm gonna be honest. I <laughs> did they're not like not them. Also nutritious. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not winning even when you're losing. Um, So it's because their cookie recipe is really dry. And they even give you the icing for the icing mix, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But if you wanted to use your own, Corey's very got a lot of moisture in her cookies, which is why she launches a full-scale attack on moisture (laughs) um, for that. And they taste better, right? So the thing is, when you add moisture and you add ink, you get color bleed. So what people were saying is like, you know, I printed these off and I put them into a bag and this happened. And the solution seems to be, let them dry for enough time. Don't mm-hmm. do this last minute. Don't do th- Don't do this in seconds and throw them into a bag. Right. Um, add the cornstarch thing. And then there's a bunch of cool things that the group talks about. Printing. They were saying like uh, using a heat gun to mm-hmm. dry the ink right on there. Right now we have them um, sitting under some cornstarch and we're giving them enough dry time. Uh, it is very humid today in Northern Virginia. Yeah. So even extra dry time. I just made the cookies yesterday. I iced them yesterday, dehydrated them, dehumidified them. So there's a lot. I wanted fresh cookies, but I also want to have enough dry time before we bag. Yeah, and someone said in the group like this is um this is you know unfair that you know Eddie fixed it like no it's it's we live in a swamp yeah uh, humidity was a problem before Eddie showed up <laughs> uh, color bleed bleeding. is always <laughs> plagued Corey um, so the thing is finding the unique mix of components that work best for you and that's right. with every problem in life to assume that Primera can come into our houses and give us free HVAC systems is going to be Give what I'm one. asking for next. But I will say, if you are interested in the Eddie, and I mean, someone printed on a Tic Tac, someone printed on oh, a Dorito did. chip in the group, they have a group. They so you it know it is something they, really cool. They wrote in the group. Yeah. Someone's like, I'm not going to buy this because I feel I fear color bleed. And they're like, well, send us your cookies. We'll print on for you. I thought that was genius. We'll send them back to you so you can see how it does. Let me just find the name of the group, because if you have questions, me and Heather are not professionals. At no, it. I accidentally said like I disassembled them and That'd put them in really the closet. And people were like, don't put it. Eddie in a corner. <laughs> don't put my baby in a corner. OK, the group is called Eddie. The edible the edible ink printer user group. So, if you wanted to see people using the Eddie, they have videos, they have people troubleshooting, they have pros and cons. You can just get in there. People are even pri- uh, doing pricing strategy, so there you go. All right, that is that's great. So, Eddie is a sponsor again, not cheap, 2800 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. But neither is CookieCon. right? But it's worth the investment. If and the thing is, like we say, don't drop your prices cover eddie and so that he can be this like huge money maker for you i do not think he's going to append the cookie industry i don't think so (laughs) Uh, but guys thanks for listening in right now we're probably at disney i probably have a giant turkey leg in my hand Corey probably has a slushie in hers yelling at archer for some reason and my little sister is probably posing for instagram photos yeah so wish (laughs) us luck (laughs) yeah but we'll still delete your heat (laughs) okay bye guys